Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Hey, Brad, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you back. Not a problem at all. I am glad to be back on Blue Collar BS, where you've actually done some homework for a change uh, for a change you know you're some actually, days i have my moments you're actually bringing worth to the show today <laughs> and, and i appreciate that more than you'll ever know <laughs> oh i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i understand this <laughs> so, oh man unfortunately we're not able to have a guest today so we thank everybody for the opportunity to talk about this great conversation that we're going to have on a Harvard Business Review article that Mr. Doyle has generously shared with me from October 27th, 2021. The title of this article, Millennial Managers Can Change Company Culture for the Better. Just that headline alone should, depending upon where you sit in the workforce, is going to either get you jumping up and down or send shivers through your spine. I will tell you right now, when I first read it, it sends shivers up my spine. Not going to lie. So why did it send shivers up your spine like that? Well, um, for me, when I think millennials, uh, again, mindset. You're close. When, Just remember, you're really yeah, close there. Sh- shut up. <laughs> when millennials first entered the workforce, there was this connotation with their work culture, you know, their their work ethic, if you will, and what they, how willingness they were to you know, dive in, get their hands dirty, take the time to understand things and work through things. So initially when I hear, hear stuff like that, that's immediately what I'm going to. And my eyes roll back in my head and like, really? But after time and, and everything, yes, each generation has those individuals, but, and you start to break down the preconceived notions that you had, but still exist today. When you read stuff like that, you just roll your eyes back after having the amount of experience that I have you just like, mm, nope, I'm pretty sure they're still not going to. But the topic of the art, the, the topic is interesting, but the content of the article further than drives down because the millennials actually have direct reports, which right. is absolutely true. They now have direct reports and have influence into those that work for them. So, yes, it is actually true, regardless if you start to cringe or you jump up and down. Yes. Millennial managers do have the opportunity to change company culture. They do. And, and I know this article talks about the uh, great resignation, which I like to call the employment revolution that's going on. In my mind, I'm asking myself, is there a correlation to millennial managers having people 
and people walking out or not. Maybe, right? maybe not. I right. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm suspect, but I know within my circle, uh, my gen, my gen uh, X circle of individuals that have younger leaders, um, they're at wit's end. And and why is that? Uh, they're at wit's end because. As the article explains here, culture is an aspect of work, particularly important to Gen Z, which is true, right? Having two Gen Z kids and and seeing what they're trying to strive for, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what relates to the boomer and the Gen X. Correct. Tell us what we need to do. When we need to do it by. When we need to do it by (laughs) and get out of our way so we can go make it happen. That's right. Get out of our way. I, I don't, we don't need to have a 20 minute, roundtable standing up conversation to talk about should we use you know 002d72 blue or should we use 0033ac blue in our powerpoint presentations who the f cares make right. the document move on got that right so so there's they're stuck in the middle and the middle is a bad place to be. And, and it seems like there's a, uh, a conscious decision to go with those below than to adapt to those above. Right. But feeling that same way, let's peel back the onion because you have the millennials that actually, they're actually stuck in the middle, if you will. Right. Because they've got their superiors. They, are the they, they, the they, they totally are in the middle. You've got the superiors thinking one thing. They've got the their um, subordinates going in a whole different direction. So the stress that they feel is insurmountable and it is a lot easier for them to align, if you will, with those that have similar thoughts than as they do. And one of the things that we are seeing with Gen Z's is the need to have more purpose in their work for what they're doing versus the tell me what I need to know when I need to do it and just get out of my way mentality that uh, a lot of the Gen X and boomers feel. There's, there's merit to it. Don't get me wrong, um, but you got to figure out how to manage both up and down. And that's where uh, really good leaders shine is being able to manage not only above you but you and below you, but you got to manage both directions. Too often, many leaders only look in one direction. Absolutely. And that's where uh, I think it becomes problematic where, hey, we've got the title power now, but you may not have <laughs> the personal power within the organization. And now you're flaunting your your title because you just happened to survive everybody else leaving and you're just next in line. Great. But you're going to make a difference. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's not going to work well on a factory floor. Not really. Nope. And then as you're taught, as, as we're peeling back this onion, you know, you've got those millennial managers that now have to not only build the trust with their team, but they have to build the trust up mm-hmm. with their management. And yeah, as you mentioned, most, most likely they're the next one up because Nobody is showing up to interviews. If they are, they're usually, I will, I'm just going to broad brush this, (laughs) but you know, those that are showing up typically get offered the job because we're looking for a heartbeat and someone that breathes to fill these roles that we have open right now. That's, that's the dire need of the scenarios we're in. If we've got somebody that breathes, has a heartbeat and, you know, half a brain, they're getting promoted up into these entry management roles. Hey, we're going all out today. The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. So the Scarecrow, if I only had a brain. <laughs> I, 
But as we're trying to build that trust, both up and down, there's a level of transparency that those managers need to, should be displaying. But unfortunately, trans people can't handle full transparency. Just in nature, humans cannot handle full transparency, especially right now and with everything going on. I, I do not disagree, right? So full transparency, you know, back to the movie, if you can't handle the truth, that is a true statement because people's feelings get hurt when you start talking about full transparency. And sometimes you got to put lipstick on it and, and make it look better than what it is, even though you're communicating the message, because it depends on who's receiving that message. Communication is so important. Sometimes you need to go out in full transparency mode and it comes off very dictatorial, no emotion behind it, facts, figures, etc., And none of the intangibles ever get brought up because nobody's measuring any of those intangibles. Right. And now you get stuck. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, if you will. Yeah. And as this article says, be open as you can about the inner workings of your business. Your direct reports should understand what's driving your decisions as a leader and what part of their contributions play in a larger organizational strategy. Do not disagree with that. The question becomes, how do you communicate that information to the individuals is the important part. Absolutely. And being tactical when you do it because some of them will blow your thought process. Like what, what's driving those decisions totally out of proportion because they can't handle that level of transparency or because um, it doesn't align with their individual goals. Yeah, there's another paragraph in here talking in the transparency section. Don't hide business challenges from your team, but keep in mind that this kind of transparency requires balance. Avoid uh -huh. stating problems without offering some kind of proposed solutions or plan of action. Otherwise you risk uh, inciting unnecessary panic. Um, <laughs> that is a that is a very very delicate skill to acquire to be able to go out and do that particularly when you're going through when your growth mode it's not so bad but when you have to go to the opposite end of that yep. it gets to be really really tactical and uh, I was blessed to be able to go through uh, 17 of 18 opportunities yeah in various <laughs> organizations um, so that was good uh, so having that I, I was blessed to have leaders that handle that very well to keep that noise squashed. But those leaders were at that time, they were all boomers. It's just who they were. Right. We just had to get through it and it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, there was a much closer synergy there than you have now in the workforce because it's such a diverse workforce and behaviors are different and you got to learn that. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that's just, as you mentioned, it's a delicate balance. So the second item in this Harvard Business Review article says, uh, trust employees to be productive from anywhere. Mm. Well, it's, for me, it's all got to be earned. And working in the hybrid environment, which I am an, I'm, I have been an advocate of the hybrid environment for over a decade where, yeah, it, I've had some employees, their most productive time was when they were, they were working from home because there were other factors outside their life that was, that was impacting them while they were in the office. We moved some people to have flexible work schedules. Uh, some were hybrid. They were able to work from home. I got, we got so much more productivity, but I will say, did that happen the day the person was hired? Absolutely not. Why was that? We had to set the expectations before we can move into having some, some of the hybrid uh, conversations, having some of the flexible work schedules. We had to be explicitly clear on what those expectations were. Was that from a process or results? It was actually from both. Okay. There's a specific process. It was in the process, when you think process, it's not just on how work flows, 
but it's also on how many people can we have out of the office at the same time when it was a three shift operation and there was FaceTime that you had to have and be in front of equipment to actually do stuff. So you actually had to have a rotationary schedule um, from that perspective, but then also there was a lot of meetings. And so a lot of the meetings were face-to-face meetings. And then they moved to conference calls and then they moved to zoom and conference oh, calls. Oh, I remember is this conference thing on? calls, is go this to thing meeting, on? all that. Yeah. This thing. <laughs> did you, on? Mute, you, did you mute the phone? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And then you go to the go to meeting and all that crap that that came before the the video conference calls. Right. So but there's a cadence. And if if you were working from home and you had designated these are going to be the hours that you will be in front of your computer uh, to answer your call, then great. And was it a full eight hours? No, absolutely not, because that was part of the flexibility that we offered. And so we, you know, there was FaceTime that you had to have to schedule meetings. And then there was the other time that you could, you know, if you needed to take care of your kids, you needed to do take care of your parents or whatever it was, you had time to go do that. And then there was like this flex time where, Hey, maybe you didn't start your day till 10 o'clock, but from 10 to four, you were in front of your computer. And after that, maybe you did an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening or two hours in the evening at midnight. It didn't matter. The work got done. The productivity increased. Um, and at the end of the day, the clients were the, the clients and customers were happy. And that's where in the blue collar space, in my opinion, at least from a manufacturing and some of the trade spaces and different things where you get a young kid that comes in the Gen Z's, they're work, they're workhorses, man. They're going to come in yeah. and get the task done and get the hell out. And they recognize, and I had this conversation with the, uh, the president of uh, Waukesha County Technical College this past week, uh, a conversation with him. And we were talking about how the Gen Z kids, they'll come in and bang it out. And when we start thinking about how many, if you're at a workplace for nine hours a day, how many hours of work are you really getting done in that nine hours? Like two or three. <laughs> right. So, so let's, but really true. Right. So it is. So if you're willing to pay somebody, uh, let's just use a number $60,000 a year to drive their vehicle, to put it in a parking lot for nine hours a day to get three hours a day worth of output. Why are you not willing to pay that same $60,000? to somebody that might be remote, they may come in, um, they may come in at noon, they might come in at 10, they might come in at four and work later in the day to do the same work to get the same result. But why do you need to pay them less when they're providing the same results? And that's the conversation that is being missed out in, I think, this particular economic situation we're facing. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Because at the end of the day, it's about the results that get done. It doesn't matter if it takes somebody eight hours to do one thing and you pay them, we'll, we'll jump to hourly $10 an hour and somebody else can get it done in less time, but you're paying them a salary and it's the same as the $10 an hour rate. It don't matter. The results are the same and they got it done in the time frame that needed to get done. Or, or, or less time, right? Because Absolutely. Come usually it's less time. Yeah. Usually it's totally less time. Because the Gen Z's are going to come in and, and get done what needs to be done and, and kick it out. And they're going to do it in far less time because they're not there to dilly-dally and mess around and do all that. Just a different learning behavior, a different learning style, different learning opportunity. And the fact that we can potentially, in many instances, have a different work-life balance in that area. And everybody's going to cringe when that words when they hear those words, work-life balance. Oh, my. Oh, he's turning soft. Um, Makes me want to throw up. It's a, <laughs> but it's an important piece of, of what's going on. Absolutely. And right. the, the days of working 70 hours a week 
38 weeks a year. Right. Just gone. People that's there. There's nobody's going to be willing to do that anymore. No, but why should they? Overtime, man. I can make time and a half. That's a different mindset. Definitely in the blue collar space. Totally different mindset. I can make time and a half. I can make time and a half on that. And I can make time and a half on Sunday's double time. Let's go. But let's go. Why would I? But so what, what if we just got better during the week? What if we just paid you a little bit more and got better during the week and we didn't have to be here all seven days a week? Right. So I actually have time to I have time for myself to actually focus on other things. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's my actual well-being, mental health, whatever it is. You know, spending time with, you know, taking care of adults or parents, whatever parents or kids, whatever it is. There's other things outside of work that 99% of the time, guess what everybody's bringing to the, to the daily work site? All the baggage from all the crap that they have to deal with the night before. Think about, and so, uh, so just everybody has an idea. We are recording this show here uh, in early January, just after the holiday break. And just think about what happened in Chicago Sunday night to Monday morning, shutting the schools down at midnight or wherever the vote was for that Monday, wherever he's getting the, the text, the phone calls, the robo calls. Oh, by the way, your school's closed until further notice. Yeah. So what do you got to do? Now you've got to take time off. You got to do all this, all this unplanned stuff. The stress levels just skyrocket because of the obligations to both family and work. Now you're trying to figure it out either in the middle of the night or right when you wake up because you've got a, your phone on do not disturb. So you don't hear it. And so when you wake up, you're like, now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do for the next period of time. Guess I'm calling in sick today. Let's see. Item number three here in the millennials have a chance to millennial managers can change company culture for the better Mm -hmm. article. Item number three is emphasize autonomy. Today's employees have big aspirations and no shortage of ambition. If you give them independence and autonomy at work, you'll stroke that drive rather than stifling it. Once you've created an environment where people can thrive, get out of their way. Okay, I like it. I don't mind it. But if they have no place to go, if, you, if you've not built an organization where there's a result at that end of, hey, I can get my raise or a different uh, into a different category or a different class or whatever that's going to look like, then they can strive all they want, but they're not going to stick around the younger folks Mm -hmm. because you haven't shown them the opportunity to go from a level one to a level two to a level three to a level four other than time and seat. And that's not going to work out well. This one for me, I just, it all sounds great, but it goes back to setting expectations and building trust with your team. Steve ain't buying it. No, I'm not. I'm just not. Uh, just you again, we both have years in the seat. We, we've, we've been through the grind doing this while this is great. And told one, I do, do I totally agree with it? Yes. Emphasize autonomy. Yes, absolutely. Because creativity is immensely important to solving whatever comes up and yes, people should be, you know, when the things are big enough, yeah, there, you know, if you solved, you know, why the toothpick holder doesn't, you know, keeps getting clogged, I, you know, really don't care. There's, there's certain things that just don't flip and matter. But when we're talking big things, yeah, <laughs> when we're talking big things, yeah, it, it totally makes sense um, to celebrate those things. But at the end of the day, there's, 
go back to the whole thing when you got trust, you've got expectations. How to make it's, money too. It's about the outcome and how that happens, right? It's the outcome of what is getting measured. Like what is success? And it's about get how do we get there in the in the quickest, shortest way possible that makes everything the most efficient. That's what it's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, that's where I'm just like, ah. You know, yeah, there's there's you're, always you're more than one number, way to skin the cat. You're gonna love but, number four then, which, uh, which is okay. Oh uh, yeah. So, so yeah, number, number four. four. Let's number get to four. It. Explain oh. what your company is doing for the greater good. So in a survey from monster.com, 74% of Gen Z rank purpose as more important than a paycheck at work. So how so show employees how the impact of your company aims to have to aims to have okay. The show impact how your company your, aims to have on the world. Right. <laughs> Shows on the impact of the world, right? What gives you meaning? So there is a lot of truth to that. There's a, lot, there's a lot of truth to that opportunity to work towards that purpose. The question becomes how much do you spend on that versus doing the thing that's making you the cash? That's to, right. To create the output and go forward. Um, I did a LinkedIn video a couple of weeks ago to this very topic about how it's not about the money to get people into the marketplace uh, to come back to work to do those things. Because if there were all the restaurants, all the fast food places that are paying 22, 24, $25 an hour to, to be there should be, I mean, every fast food place should be loaded with people. Yeah. That are Guess what? Up, They're not lined They're up. They're shutting down half the shifts. Right. You can't go in. There's no, it's drive-through only. There's no service. There's half the tables are missing at, at certain restaurants. Restaurants are closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, because they can't find enough staff. There's so much opportunity there. My buddy who commented on the post said, money is a commodity and purpose is not. So people are not looking for the commodity active activity. They're looking for what the purpose is. Because you can go get the money anywhere right now. You can go get money anywhere you want right now, essentially. If you wanted to get a job, if you wanted to be- That is true. That is true. The money is everywhere. So now now your separation is the intangibles. Mm -hmm. But is it more on purpose- or is it more on how the job makes you feel and how people view you in certain roles? Could be an aspect. Just throwing it, it out there. Yep. It can. That, that's a valid, that's a valid point to it. Right. I know that I have several folks in my network uh, here in town where right, they were Xers. They just walked out. They left. They were done. They were tired of the bullshit. Yeah. And they've been very selective to go back into the workforce. That's right. Found, you can till, till they found the right cultural fit which is what this is all about yeah but what does that mean is is unique to everybody Mm -hmm. and when we talk cultural fit right we're not talking purpose of the company as this article really is is talking about more you know what gives them purpose we're talking about how well you fit in with other companies that you are quote-unquote interviewing at Right. People left because they didn't they don't quote unquote fit in with where the company is going. They don't agree with how manage it could be they don't agree with how management is running the company. And you've got a whole leadership team that they just don't get along with and see eye to eye with. So they're going to leave for a reason, but they're also going to be selective now because you can be selective with that with that point of, hey, I'm going to go find somewhere where. I have more, or I'm more aligned with how the managers are running things, how, how the leaders in the company are doing certain activities and running their organization. 
right? Versus and one that's hard to find. It's hard to tell in an interview. So yes, you may be reaching out, reading comments from employees on social media and what they think about the company and what their what their bosses are like and stuff. Because people glass do that. Doors, glass doors, such phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is the. You want to know what's happening behind closed doors? All the yeah. disgruntled employees just go there right away. <laughs> yeah. But that's something also to keep in mind is you just, you have the mindset you you're getting input from disgruntled employees. So it's kind of hard to see because you've got the companies are out promoting things that they're doing for companies. And as one thing, this article pointed out was, yeah, you can introduce mentoring programs for team members. And that's something that I've done in, in past companies where we've put together mentoring programs, which has been, which was extremely great. Downside to that, which happened after several people had been through some of these mentoring programs over the years is like, okay, I've been in these programs. Where's my raise? Again, it's about setting expectations and making sure people understand that it's one, the company is investing time, investing resources in you, but it's also, hey, there's a result to obtain that has to be done. Oh, you mean I I just don't get, you just, I just don't take the go to the mentoring program, sit there, talk to John and, you know, for two years and I should just get what I just get what somebody else got. I mean, I guess if you're a government agency and, you know, with number five, <laughs> number five, <laughs> number five, uh, number five, where we're going to talk about focus on the whole employee right? Where employees want to know that you recognize the strain that can cause um, on them, both in work and outside of work, offering to help resolve all of that. So obviously we're talking uh, mental health, um, other types of assistance that may be necessary where people may need to talk to somebody about issues going on that are non-work related. But guess what? They can also be work related because bosses are a-holes right now. Right. Exactly. And that was one of the things that, um, you know, from that focus on the whole employee part of it, just from a leader's perspective, right? Go to the employee's desk. Don't have them come into your office. Talk to them right now with all the work from home stuff. Oh, you send a text. Don't, don't do that. Make the call, call. make the call, even though the Z and millennial want to do it by a text. There's so much Snapchat or whatever kind of crappy app they got going on right now. There's so much context that is lost in there and so much opportunity for additional conversation. You got to make that personal connection. And it is just a check in, see how it's going. You may not truly care about the two-year-old kid's birthday party. You truly may not care at all that, you know, it's a princess birthday party or a lumberjack birthday, whatever it is. But on Tuesday, you should remember to ask, hey, how'd the birthday party go? when they told you about it, when they said, Hey, what's going on this weekend? And you asked, then follow up. You may not care, but at least follow up. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, and, and as Brad alluded to, I am probably one of those people that at the, at a surface level. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Do I care? It's right on the surface, but the impact to the employee by spending that extra time, the impact to the employee, they now start to trust you more as a leader because you're taking the time, you're investing the time in them just to ask those simple questions. And that trust gets converted over into productivity and production. Right. Because they're going to be willing to go to bat for you uh-huh. um, and, and maybe do a little extra 
and not, and maybe put in the extra, Oh, I worked 43 hours this week because I got the extra output. Um, whoosh, 43 hours. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, we're going to get hammered for the show. Totally, <laughs> totally hammered. <laughs> but you know what? That's the point is having these conversations is, you know, and that's the whole purpose of the blue collar BS is, it's we the conver- these types of conversations they're not always happening and they need to happen right and and this is where this is where any of our older more mature listeners need to really start thinking about how to nurture your middle managers your middle leaders your 35 to 30 35 to 29 year olds in your organization how are you treating them how are you preparing them to continue to run your business. Cause at some point you're going to exit mm-hmm. your business and you better not have a way, you better have a way to make sure that they're going to be successful. Otherwise you're not going to have a business to sell because you're going right. to want, because, because you're going to want to go out on vacation. You don't want to be there 70 hours a week anymore. Your, your spouse is yelling at you all the time. Why can't we spend, spend winters in Florida or Arizona or wherever Bahamas or wherever the hell it is. Oh, because I got to be at work because I don't trust anybody. Well, you know what? You got to get out of your own way as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is not necessarily just a millennial issue. It is an entire leadership issue, but it is a, uh, I agree, it cringed when I heard the the headline. So, (laughs) well, Brad, thank you so much for uh, taking the the time to uh, enlighten all of us on this uh, article. I didn't do it. It was your article, Steve. You did the homework. I did well, you know. You brought you actually brought the topic to the table. This I time. don't need the credit because we had the conversation. Oh no, it's about the output. No, no, no. That high eye should be kicking in right now. We need oh, to get rec- that big time recognition on the show that Steve oh. actually did some work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. Until next time. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS. Brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.